Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Welcome to the program. What was it, three, four days ago, Mitch McConnell said, we got to see how this, this last, you know, $2.2 trillion and half a trillion dollars in spending, how that settles in and resonates throughout the economy before we're, we're quick to vote for something else. He also said that states that are broke should file for bankruptcy. It's not up to the federal government, certainly not up to future generations, to bear the massive debt of decisions that are being made by incompetent governors, Democrats or Republicans, competent mayors, Democrats or Republicans. Well, Mitch McConnell has caved. He's caved. He says, you know, we may have to help some of these states and some of these cities as long as we get liability protection for businesses that open up. Uh, I'm not sure what one has to do with the other. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to understand something now. And I want to be very blunt about this. Nobody, nobody's looking after your interests. Nobody. Nobody on Capitol Hill and in either party. You don't hear the conservatives in the Senate speak up, do you? Well, who's speaking out? Who's speaking up? Name one. And they've gotten awfully quiet in the House of Representatives, too. But throughout his career in Washington, Mitch McConnell has been a massive debt creator. He's been defended by the Wall Street Journal editorial pages. He's been defended by National Review. He's defended by this one and that one. Look what he's done on judges. Look what he's done on judges. But, you know, that's very, very important. But you don't get a pass on bankrupting the country. He was the Republican leader most of the time, much of the time, against Obama, and he did a very poor job. And he's the Republican leader now and the majority leader in the Senate doing a very poor job. I mean, how else do you explain trillions and trillions in debt? What happened to the first $2.2 trillion? Nobody even talks about the first $8 trillion dollars. Make that billion dollars. Jeez, billions, trillions, it doesn't even matter anymore. Nancy Pelosi's running around out there with uh, like her hair's on fire, making demands like she controls everything with her fascistic mentality. What's left of her mentality? She says, look at Illinois. You know, it used to be run by a Republican, and Republicans ran up the debt. She's an idiot. There were liberal Republican governors in Illinois, that's for sure. 
irresponsible. Some of them went to prison, that's for sure. But we know the Democrat Party, that whatever the Republicans do to drag this nation, yearly deficit, overall debt, the Democrat Party doubles down. They want at least a trillion more, and maybe more. And maybe more. So Mitch McConnell has caved. Here it is at Politico. McConnell dangles aid to states with a catch. Senate Majority Leader said in an interview that he was open to a deal with Democrats on the next relief package. See how he switched? But it will come at a price. In an interview Monday, Senate Majority Leader said it's highly likely the next coronavirus response uh, will, uh, bill will be aid to local governments whose budgets have been decimated by lockdowns and now face spiraling deficits. So the states and cities who've done the worst job, the states and cities that continue to have their foot on the throat of their people collectively and their businesses collectively, probably going to get the most money. So there's a disincentive to opening up the economy. There's a disincentive to people being free. We'll probably do probably do another bill here. We're going to bipartisanship here. What I'm saying is it won't just be about money. The next pandemic coming will be the lawsuit pandemic in the wake of this one. So we need to prevent that now when we have the opportunity to do it. Well, why didn't you do it on the other three and a half bills? See, it's three and a half bills because the last one was only half a trillion. That doesn't count. Got to have trillions, you know. And acknowledging that states like New York and New Jersey can count on more federal aid in the next massive relief bill. And they are like the North Korea of uh, states. In terms of civil liberties, in terms of mobility, in terms of individual rights. They're like the North Korea of the states. New Jersey, New York, Illinois, California, and a handful of others. Michigan. The Kentucky Republican is cracking the door to an agreement... With congressional Democrats, after taking a hard line with his recent suggestion, the states go the bankruptcy route. But as befits his reputation for tough tactics, he said, that would demand that his liability proposal be included in any deal with Speaker Pelosi. Similarly, Pelosi has said, any new coronavirus bill will have to include money for local governments. I wonder how many of you listening to this program have benefited from any of this government money. Some, of course. But I wonder how many of you running small businesses, how many entrepreneurs, how many employees have actually benefited from this. I'll bet a rather shocking percentage have not. Have not. When you kill an economy, there's an awful lot of people who need to be subsidized, right? Yes, there are. You have colleges and universities that are going broke. Colleges and universities that are going broke. They're going to want subsidies. Some of them have massive endowments. Well, they don't want to tap into their endowments. States are supposed to have rainy day funds. As you know, listening to this program, New York went into this pandemic with a $6.1 billion debt. 6% debt. That is huge. 
New Jersey never has enough money, pandemic or no pandemic. Illinois has a crushing pension problem. California is completely out of control, blew billions of dollars on a phony subway system. And Michigan is run by uh, Eva Peron type. Power's gone to her head for sure. But you and I, we don't get the vote in these different states. We don't get to control these different states. We don't get a say in these different states. What, what was it? Taxation without representation? Well, this is taxation without representation. When the federal government is laundering money from us to various states and localities, picking winners and losers. They're subsidizing businesses, big businesses, too. They're subsidizing nonprofit organizations. They're subsidizing certain unions. They're subsidizing, or will be, cities and states. It's incredible. And it's a disaster. I had Art Laffer on my program last Sunday. I like Art Laffer. I never met him before, and yet we both worked in the Reagan administration. And he shocked me. He doesn't think this deficit spending is much at all. I certainly hope the president's not listening to him. Because what he said was foolish. Well, we've had quantitative easing, we've had this, we've had this, we've had all this money, and we haven't had inflation yet. Oh, really? That's like saying to somebody who is incredibly obese, well, you haven't had a heart attack yet. But you will. You will. And I don't want to be the guy that said, I told you so. But I'm telling you now, the pressure needs to be put on the Republican parties. No more spending. You also notice, we've talked about this briefly, they're not cutting anything. $175 billion, according to the General Accounting Office, which is the, uh, the fiscal watchdog of the federal government spending, $175 billion in 2019, and it's really $175 to $250 billion every single year is wasted by the federal government. Tens of billions of dollars. And we just handed them trillions and trillions more. Trillions and trillions more. I can only imagine when we look back on this, what's happened to this money. We already see it. The Los Angeles Lakers getting money. Harvard getting money. Huge food chains getting money. Silicon Valley getting money. I don't care how tightly you write a law. People are going to abuse it. That's why they hire all these lobbyists in Washington, D.C. The reason why Mitch McConnell is saying we must have liability protection for businesses before he'll agree to another trillion or two in spending is because the lobbyists have gotten to him. The major corporations have gotten to Mitch McConnell, to whom he's beholden, by the way. Not the Tea Party, not Convention of States, not conservatives. And they like it over there at Wall Street Journal. Hence their name. But that said, why is, he, why is this the big bugaboo for him? Because these major corporations have come to him and said, look, we'd like to open up, but we want, we want to be protected from lawsuits. And by the way, I don't have a problem with that. 
because you have all these slip and fall lawyers, these trial lawyers, which actually are the biggest contributors to the Democrat Party. Are you aware of that? The trial lawyers, and the teachers union, you know. But this isn't the time for that. This is the time to act like rational human beings. I'm not even asking for fiscal conservatism. Just be a rational human being. You know this can't go on. All these Republicans in waiting who want to run for president, I have heard nothing from Marco Rubio about this. What, are you going to text me, Marco? Let's speak out. I've heard nothing from you. Nothing. You talk about resiliency in the economy. How about control over the federal government? How about control over some of these state governments that are absolutely out of control? We can never have resiliency in a free market when the market's under attack by governors, by mayors, and by massive fiscal and monetary policies that undermine it. It's not about resiliency in the market. It's about limiting government. So Mitch McConnell has caved. Now Mitch McConnell will be kicked around like a soccer ball by Schumer and Pelosi. I remember the days when Mitch McConnell was really tough. You remember that? When he was trashing the Tea Party, when he was trashing Ted Cruz. Although I must confess, I haven't heard lately from Ted Cruz on any of this either. A tweet here and there. Big fan of Ted's. He knows that. But it's time to speak out, Ted. It's time to speak up, Marco. This is too much. Subsidizing state. Well, but this is different, Mark. This is an emergency. You know, No, it's not different. The government has created the fiscal insanity here. And now the government pretends they're going to they're save us from it. What this has shown is that when you have terrible... Go- Andrew Cuomo is a disaster. Gruesome Newsom in California, he is a disaster. Fred McMurray, or whatever his name is, the governor of New Jersey, he is a disaster. This guy Pritzker in Illinois. Murphy, Phil Murphy. And the, and the goofball in Michigan, these people are really way over their heads. And they get elected in these one-party states, either because they're enormously wealthy, like Phil Murphy, or they have a name like Cuomo, or they're next in line, like Newsom. It's just terrible. And we have to keep subsidizing and subsidizing them. I didn't vote for these people. Many of you didn't vote for these people. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you and your family are finding yourself at home with extra time on your hands these days, I know an excellent way to fill it. Take a free online course from Hillsdale College. Hillsdale offers dozens of online courses on topics, including the U.S. Constitution, economics, history, and literature. Right in your own home, on demand, and absolutely free of charge. Hillsdale students learn the inspiring history of America. Now you can, too, with Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. Learning and teaching our children about America's past is essential for preserving liberty in the future. Register right now to take this free online course, The Great American Story. It's a production masterpiece, and it paints a picture of America as a land of hope founded on high principles. This course and dozens of others on a variety of topics are available to you and your family for free right now. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. 
You know, hate is a strong word. Hate is a strong word. So why do I hate Chuck Schumer, Mr. President? Why do I hate Nancy Pelosi? Not dislike, not disagree. Hate is a strong, I hate them. Absolutely hate them. Chuck Schumer is on the Morning Schmo Show. Now, the Morning Schmo is really a sick bastard. He really is. All he cares about is his personal tiffs with the president. His personal tiffs with the president. That's all. The Morning Schmo brings in a conga line of perverts, malcontents, miscreants, reprobates. You know, people like Chuck Schumer. Not that he's a pervert, you know. I don't think he's wearing a raincoat yet. No, no. That would be Biden, I think. Anyway, and there's not a thing the President of the United States can do that the morning schmo approves of. I can't think of one. And he hooked up with the team of Sakon Vansetti, a.k.a. Scarborough and Brzezinski on radio years ago. They were going to make a huge splash, don't you know? But they failed miserably. They're boring and stupid. That's a deadly combination in this world. Boring and stupid. Unless you want to lead the Democrat Party. Now, they get a show on MSLSD. They don't get any ratings. So why are they there? Because Andrew Lack is a POS. He's a leftist. Runs NBC, runs MSNBC, ultimately. He's made a fortune being a failure. And Comcast, many of you have cable, you have Comcast. The executives at Comcast want the morning schmo and Mrs. Schmo on TV trashing the President of the United States, as well as the rest of the lineup of fools, buffoons, and morons. What kind of a network would hire Al Sharpton? What kind of a network would hire Al Sharpton? Now, I want to pursue this because Chuck Schumer was on the morning schmo, and he says we need hearings now. We need investigation of the President of the United States. While McConnell's caving to Pelosi on spending. I don't know about you, but I'm grinding my teeth right down to the gums, and I can't see my dentist yet either. I'll be right back. If you and your family are finding yourself at home with extra time on your hands these days, I know an excellent way to fill it. Take a free online course from Hillsdale College. Hillsdale offers dozens of online courses on topics, including the U.S. Constitution, economics, history, and literature. Right in your own home. On demand and absolutely free of charge, Hillsdale students learn the inspiring history of America. Now you can too with Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. Learning and teaching our children about America's past is essential for preserving liberty in the future. Register right now to take this free online course, The Great American Story. It's a production masterpiece and it paints a picture of America as a land of hope founded on high principles. This course and dozens of others on a variety of topics 
are available to you and your family for free right now. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. When the going gets tough, a tough get, Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. By the way, a little inside stuff here, and we'll get to Chuck Schumer. If you've eaten dinner, you might want to put a bib on or something, because you'll probably throw up on your loafers. Um, Don't forget our podcast. It's wildly popular. When we're preempted, maybe a presidential press conference or some genius move in Chicago, you just never know. Or maybe you just can't listen to the program when it's being aired on terrestrial radio and you want to listen to it when you jog or I said something, you want to listen to it again. Here's how you download the podcast. We've made it so simple. It's three tiny little steps. Go to MarkLevinShow.com. That's the Mothership website. I've had that for almost 20 years. MarkLevinShow.com. It's easy to navigate. Click on Audio Rewind. It's at the middle of the top of the home page. Audio Rewind. That'll take you to the podcast page. And here's your last click. You choose what podcast platform you want. Apple, Stitcher, Google, and so forth. And I'm told by a very, very good friend who's a big podcaster that we are killing it on the Apple podcast platform. Killing it. So if you want to join us over there, by all means, do so. Um, I've been strongly urged, rather than talk about social sites, talk about the actual social sites that I am on. I bet we've picked up half a million people, followers, on Twitter over the last half a year. Uh, I want you to be our follower on Twitter. I want you to join us. And same on Facebook. I put out a lot of information, a lot of research, a lot of data, and a lot of opinions. Not to be provocative or controversial, but somehow that's the way they're twisted. So if you get up in the morning or you can't go to sleep at night, you want to check out Mark Levin Show Twitter or Mark Levin Show Facebook, that's the place to go. We post simultaneously. So in other words, where we can, where we're allowed, we will post on Facebook and Twitter at the same time. So maybe you, you get involved in both, but either way, we want to encourage as many followers as we possibly can on Twitter. I never talk about this enough. It's Mark Levin Show Twitter. Mark Levin Show Facebook. Now, we may be going to war with Twitter relatively soon. I'm telling you, we might be going to war with Twitter relatively soon. My buddy... Uh, Brian over there at Right Scoop, he just posted a big piece. In an interview today, Twitter's Jack Dorsey addressed misinformation on his social media platform and discussed ways of combating it with items such as labeling and intertitials. I don't know what that is. Is that a technical word? I just don't know. He was referring primarily to spam, bots, and deep fakes. He noted that Twitter is working on an experiment to label misleading tweets with broader contextual information. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is large corporations that are positioning themselves to continue to censor you. 
or to smear you. Liberals never care about this. Democratic socialists and Marxists never care about this. Democrats never care about this because it's targeting you. But then he was asked specifically about Trump and his tweets with the interviewer named Miro. I'm sure Miro is a genius. Asking if it was possible to ban Trump for a month over misleading or dangerous tweets. Dorsey responded saying this is where labeling and interstitials could be used. Dorsey is then asked how the company handles Trump's tweets, whether he's notified when Trump tweets. See, the left wants to censor Trump. They hate Trump. I'm going to get into this in a a minute. Folks, the left do not believe in unalienable rights for us, only for themselves. Free speech, not for us, but for themselves. A free press that promotes their ideology, but not a free press for us. Free speech for them, but not for us. The right to atheism and and agnosticism, which is fine, but what about those of us who believe in faith and religion? It's unbelievable. You know, if somebody were to say to me today, all the Democrats and the left and so forth and so on, they get half the states and we get the other half. I might go for it. Especially when we have people like Mitch McConnell, our leader. Oh, our leader, Mitch McConnell. And Democrats, as they point out on Right Scoop, have been putting pressure on Twitter to ban Trump over tweets he's made in the past. So, uh, this is Dorsey. Mr. Producer, why don't you see if Mr. Dorsey would like to come on the program and have a discussion about the First Amendment and free speech. And here's what he'll say. I'm not the government. I'm a private corporation. That's fine. I still want to talk about free speech. I'm not talking about the First Amendment. I'm going to talk about free speech and what his standards are. Now, this is a massive program. We have an enormous reach. We had an enormous reach before Mr. Dorsey had a Twitter. Or a tweet or a Twitter. And we'll have a massive reach without Twitter. And in spite of Twitter. It's really incredible to watch our podcast numbers. Our, uh, our numbers on Twitter. Uh, our ratings numbers. I'm telling you, they're massive. And they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's because I think more and more people want intelligent, substantive discussions about these big issues, and they want somebody who's not afraid to discuss them. And I'm your boy. Now, let's go to this, just to pick up where Twitter and Mr. Dorsey left off. This is a piece on NBC News. Journalism is under attack from coronavirus and the White House, but we're winning. This is a piece by Andrew Lack, who I just mentioned, chairman of NBC News and MSNBC. This is a man who has destroyed, along with a handful of others, the news business. He's a hothead. He doesn't believe in news. We're going to have some fun. So we're inviting Mr. Dory. Let's invite Mr. Lack on the program next, okay? Let's bring in some of these guys and give them exposure to millions of people who 
who otherwise wouldn't know who they are. So he writes, in many respects, the 21st century hasn't been kind to journalism. The proliferation of new sites and channels has fragmented audience and reliance on digital advertising has slashed revenue. It's called competition, genius. Social media platforms now deliver oceans of content to every corner of the earth. This development, when coupled with the absence of accountability that dependable news organizations pride themselves on, is a dreadful one-two punch. Are you kidding me? Accountability is what news organizations pride themselves on? What a joke. Accountability? For uh, Tweedledum and Tweedledummy, a.k.a. Scarborough and, uh, and Mika? And the rest of the lineup of reprobates there? That's accountability? NBC News? With this fool Peter Baker and Chuck Todd? That's accountability? Is this a joke? Accountability? They don't even police themselves. Let's go on, shall we? In the last decade, the ugliest and most cunning threat to journalism comes from leaders in different parts of the world. No, no, no. Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest threat to journalism today are the posers of journalism today. They're destroying themselves. They're destroying themselves. Some leaders have gone further and egged on their supporters to target and harass anyone they don't approve of in the media. So, in other words, Donald Trump. The problem with the media today, you see, is Donald Trump fighting with them. Now, of course, they attack, attack, lie, and lie, and smear, and character assassinate. And now they have a Republican president who fights back. And now he's threatening freedom of the press. My God, I can't tell you. I'm so thrilled I wrote on Freedom of the Press. It exposes all of this. It really does, even though it's a year old now. President Trump, now you knew it was coming here, came into office railing against many of the foundations of our democratic institutions, including a free press. No, he didn't. He railed against liars and frauds and fakes in the media. Not a free press. We believe in a free press, Mr. Lack. You don't. Forty months into his administration, coverage of the coronavirus outbreak is the latest sign that, contrary to conventional wisdom, he hasn't laid a glove on serious journalism. His attacks, most recently against excellent reporters like John Carl, Yamichi Alcinder of PBS, she isn't an excellent reporter. She is a complete fraud. And she's been for years. Peter Alexander. I said, I think I said Peter Baker. Yeah, Peter Alexander of NBC. Another buffoon. Paula Reed of CBS. Another buffoon. Put the bully in bully pulpit. But they haven't shaken the soul of the First Amendment. Oh, my God. What would we do without Yamichi Alcindor and Peter Alexander and Paula Reed and Jonathan Carl? My God, they're saving us from Trump. Now, Trump's daily briefings, he writes, which sometimes include pertinent and significant information, listen to the condescension, have also frequently become a sideshow, filled with false and misleading statements, compulsive boasting, and self-promotional videos. That's why with each live brief, you want to know why the producers, the directors, the reporters, the hosts, the guests on NBC and MSNBC 
ABC and CBS and the news people and columnists for the Washington Compost and the New York Slimes are the way they are. This is why. This man runs NBC and MSNBC for Comcast. He's a leftist and always has been. But he's made a fortune pretending to be a journalist. He's not telling you anything here that Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer would say. He never wrote a piece like this against Obama, who literally sicked the FBI on the media. Never. And he would never write a piece like this against John Kennedy, who sicked the IRS on the media, or Franklin Roosevelt, who sicked the IRS on the media, or Lyndon Johnson, who sicked the FBI, IRS, and CIA on his political opponents, including the media. They would never talk about them. But Trump, you see, he's the threat to the First Amendment. Despite these challenges, what has become powerfully clear during this pandemic is that the heart of journalism has never been stronger. As ever, journalists are asking tough questions and going where the facts lead. You're a liar, pal. No, they're not. They're self-promoting. Drama queens. Yes, pseudo-events, as the great Daniel Borstein, the late great, put it. Not looking to win any popularity contest, just doing what Woodward and Bernstein inspired my gen... Bernstein, that slob, he picked up Woodward's crumbs. And Woodward didn't even have to work that hard either. The deputy FBI director was leaking to Woodward. How hard is that? Uh, how do you spell uh, the again? Uh, the or the? <laughs> Two E's or one? Uh, yeah. Go ahead, uh, Mr. Deputy FBI. What else should I know? Oh, yes, yes. Very tough. Over the past four decades, I've covered a wide array of miserable catastrophes, wars and social upheaval, but the hallmarks of good journalism have seldom seemed more important than they do right now. More than 300 million Americans are sheltering in place, with more than 26 million of them now unemployed, and they're looking for accurate, updated information about this terrifying story and what may lie ahead. They're looking to journalists to counter miss it. No, they're not. You're delusional. You live in a bubble. You're a fruitcake. You're a kumquat. You're an idiot. We want their perspectives that give us hope. Those are the extraordinary brave nurses. And do- Don't throw yourselves in with the extraordinarily brave doctors and nurses. You're a bunch of quizlings, weaklings. It's a report from the basement. My family gets mad with me. I get out in the car and I get out and about. I take my government-issued letter that says I'm essential. I have it there just in case I'm stopped. Yeah. Just in case I'm stopped. I have my uh, my SAG uh, card, of course. Screen Actors Guild, Mr. Producer, that I'm forced to contribute to 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 do this show. It's a closed shop. I have that. I can flash all kinds of stuff. No, no, no. Don't get me confused with Joe Biden. But I could show them my, look at this, I got a letter from the government, I'm essential. Get out of my way. I even have a, a, a card with my picture on it. I must say, it's a very good picture, too. So now you know Andrew Lack. You hear what a louse he is. Jeff Motherzucker, you know all about him. Thank the Project Veritas. And they're all the same. Hardcore lefty Democrats who hate your guts, but will take your money. 
and want to install a left-wing Democrat as president with Pelosi as speaker and Schumer as the leader of the Senate. I'll be right back. Mark If you and your family are finding yourself at home with extra time on your hands these days, I know an excellent way to fill it. Take a free online course from Hillsdale College. Hillsdale offers dozens of online courses on topics, including the U.S. Constitution, economics, history, and literature. Right in your own home, on demand, and absolutely free of charge. Hillsdale students learn the inspiring history of America. Now you can, too, with Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. Learning and teaching our children about America's past is essential for preserving liberty in the future. Register right now to take this free online course, The Great American Story. It's a production masterpiece, and it paints a picture of America as a land of hope founded on high principles. This course and dozens of others on a variety of topics are available to you and your family for free right now. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You notice, ladies and gentlemen, that the states and cities that are focused on by the media are the states and the cities that are the hardest hit and where some of the worst decisions have been made by governors and mayors. In New York, California, in Michigan, in Illinois, and so forth. The second biggest state in the country population-wise is Texas. The third biggest state in the country population-wise is Florida. And while, of course, the virus has hit both states, it hasn't hit them, like New York and California. Now, why is that? Is it simply because the virus likes New York and likes California or likes this? or like No. There's, of course, some of that based on density. But that's not the only reason. It's not even the primary reason. And I want to address this more in the next hour. Of the top three states, California, Texas, and Florida. Texas and Florida have weathered this very, very well in the context of other big states. Very well. What did they do differently? Well, they're two of the most conservative governors in the country. Well, we'll want to talk about that next hour, as I say, but I also want to finish with the media next hour. I don't think the only people to be working without any economic effect on their economic condition should be politicians, bureaucrats, and media people. The country's bigger than politicians, bureaucrats, and media people. And yet it is they who seek to dictate to the rest of us. They're not hurting. They're doing very, very well. Nobody in Congress has lost a single penny. They just keep voting for more money. The bureaucrats are the most protected people in the country in Washington, D.C. And, of course, look at the media people. Multi-millionaires, and they're just having a grand old time. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Texas is a big damn state with a hell of a lot of people and a lot of cities, a lot of metropolitan areas. So why didn't the virus spread in these metropolitan areas the way they did under Cuomo? You've been to Houston? That is a huge city. It's got a lot of people. They got a lot of big cities in Texas. Houston, Dallas, San Antonio. You can go down the list. Austin. Then you look at Florida. That's a big state. They have a lot of people in Florida. A lot of senior citizens. Miami, Tampa, Orlando, Tallahassee, Jacksonville. It's a lot of people concentrated in a lot of areas in Florida. That's state number two and state number three. One day there'll be some honesty, somebody will write the book about how New York really blew it. Yes, they had a very big situation on their hands, but some of the decisions by DiCamio and Slow Cuomo made the situation much worse. We now know 25 to 30 percent of the people who died from the coronavirus in New York, particularly New York City, were frail senior citizens minding their own business in nursing homes and assisted living homes. That is not where the focus of the resources and health care took place under DiCamio and Slow Cuomo. Quite the contrary, they forced those nursing homes and other facilities to take people who had the coronavirus. And it contributed mightily to the death rate. The decisions on the subway system and the bus system in New York were extremely dilatory. Dangerous, I should say. Dangerous. In fact, I wish they were dilatory. And that is, fewer and fewer train cars, more and more people packed into what's left. That was created by the health advisors and the governor and the mayor of New York. Fewer buses, more and more people packed into the buses, same thing. And the MTA members have had an extraordinary number of deaths as a result as well. Decisions pre-pandemic by the governor of New York and the mayor of New York. But the governor in particular, he was in charge of the health care system in New York despite all the rest of it. 35 states now in the District of Columbia claim absolute authority, state authority over the control of hospitals, how many there shall be, whether they can expand. You know, the private sector is not so private in these blue states. How many beds they get, how many ventilators they have, how many MRI machines, CT machines, those are all made out of the governor's office in Albany with the state legislature. And in 34 other states, total of 35, and the District of Columbia.
Texas and Florida don't operate that way. They're not progressive states, quote-unquote. They're conservative states run by conservative governors. And their perspectives are utterly and completely different from the perspective of a Newsom, a Pritzker, a Murphy, a Schmageggy in Michigan, and a Cuomo. Totally different. Their goal is to protect the population, but to really look at the data. Don't use it as an opportunity to grab power, to centralize power, to punish gun shops, to punish people of faith, to do the... No. And I happen to know as a fact, because I've spent a lot of time talking to Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, before he actually appeared on Life, Liberty, and Levin, right up to the lead of the show. We had an excellent conversation on and off the air. And he said, we knew the nursing homes would be hit, and we focused on the nursing homes. We focused on the uh, assisted living communities. We weren't perfect. We did the best we could. You know, we're still doing it. That's not what Cuomo did. He did the opposite. That's not what Newsom did. He did the opposite. And they have blood on their hands. And they will not be criticized by left-wing and liberal websites like the Drudge Report, like Media Matters, like Mediaite, and the other reprobates out there. They won't. It's all gossip. Now, to the great annoyance and frustration of my family, and my wife in particular, I can't just sit at home. As much as I do work for the radio show and my TV shows, unless I'm writing a book, I can't just sit at home. I get too antsy. But they worry. Because I've had a heart attack. Because I have heart disease. Because I have three stents in my chest. Because I had nine angioplasties. And three grafts from bypass surgery because I had a heart attack. So I'm in that group. And I have asthma. I'm not looking for trouble. I'm not a he-man. I know if I get this thing, it's big trouble. And I know the left will, but just be thrilled. Oh, there goes Mark. Oh, ho, ho. Headline. Oh, yeah, siren. Levin got what he deserved. No. Nobody deserves this. But I go out in my car. And I want to know what's going on. And today I'll give you an example. And I had things to do. I put on my mask. Masks that I ordered six, eight weeks ago. When they were relatively plentiful. When the CDC told us masks don't work. I knew that was absolutely absurd. Why would somebody go into surgery without a mask? All the professionals are wearing a mask. I figure I ought to wear a mask. So I ordered some. So I needed to go to Home Depot on Lowe's. And I went into Home Depot on Lowe's. I had my mask on and I carried my hand sanitizer. I went to the post office. I went to FedEx. I went to Wegmans, a huge food store here. And I know that my family now is absolutely apoplectic, but I did. 
with my mask and my hand sanitizer. And before I wasn't wearing a mask. Now I said, well, that's kind of stupid. I'll wear the mask. If I'm walking my dogs outside, which I do a couple times a day, as do other family members, I don't wear a mask. Why should I wear a mask? What? You should wear a hat in case a pigeon craps on your head. But in terms of a mask, no. And so I got to thinking during the break. While these hosts on cable and other news platforms are grilling these governors who want to open their states. Why haven't any of these programs taken cameras into Home Depot or Lowe's or Wegmans or the post office or FedEx or UPS? Or in the various grocery stores and supermarkets, Publix, Giants, Wegmans, whatever you have near you? How come they haven't done that? How come they haven't shown that there are, in fact, businesses and people working, coming up with brilliant ways to mitigate and work? I can't think of a single program on a cable channel, a single network news program, that has done that. Can you, Mr. Producer? A 10-minute show with all, the, with all the platforms out there, whether it's the Internet, whether it's cable, whether it's network, whatever it is. No major news program, no major news host has taken a camera or a camera crew into any of these places that are relatively busy and bustling. And showing the American people what's going on and what's possible. Instead, we get endless Cuomo. Instead, we get endless reporters trashing the president of the United States. Instead, we get endless hosts trashing governors who are trying to open up their states in responsible ways, in judicious ways. Instead, they show us Fifth Avenue empty. Constitution Avenue empty. Instead, they celebrate the worst of the governors. Murphy, Cuomo, Newsom, Pritzker, nutjob in Michigan. Rather than celebrating DeSantis, Abbott, and about a dozen other governors. But why don't they take their cameras into these places? I'll tell you why. They are all broadcasting from their basements. With monitors in the background. To make you think they're not broadcasting from the basement. There's a whole world out there. Unfortunately not enough. Who are working. You can go to Costco. See how they handle it. Go to Walmart. See how they handle it. Go to Target. See how they handle it. Go to the drive through fast food restaurants. That they used to trash and attack. Chick-fil-A. McDonald's. Burger King. Wendy's and on and on. They're all open. They're all open. You can go through the drive-thru. And it's usually a young person. With a smile on their face. Thanking you for ordering your hamburger. This is what you would see. Where are the cameras? Why aren't they showing us these people? I'm driving around every day. I'm seeing them. And if I can do it, 
given the category of risk that I'm in, so can they. Instead, reporters are talking to each other. Their guests are talking to each other. We get this Dr. Christopher Murphy and Fauci and Burks endlessly, although I'm liking Burks more than Fauci, I've got to be honest with you. Fauci really won't duke it out with the press. He kind of agrees with them. But Burks will duke it out. And she's a colonel, so I'm starting to like her much more, I must say. Look, my opinion can, can change depending on the, uh, what, I, what I see and what I hear. But the media are not among the people. All they do is burp up what the authorities tell them. Unless, of course, it's the president who they're trying to destroy day in and day out. They're completely disconnected from the rest of the country. They live and work in Washington, D.C. They live and work in New York City. They live and work in northern Jersey. They live and work in and around L.A. And that's the only perspective they have and they know. There's no media, national media headquarters in Texas or Florida, but that's the number two and number three state in the country. California and New York, and I, I've, I love the people in New York and California. Many of them are my friends, but they're far outnumbered by the hardcore left. These aren't states in progress. These are states that are failing, that are running massive debts, their pensions are over their heads. Their taxes are out of control. They have to rely on illegal immigration. They have to rely on government subsidies. They have to rely on confiscatory taxes. They have to rely on budgetary tricks. And now we're supposed to bail them all out. And they take the lead because Nancy Pelosi of San Francisco and Chuck Schumer of New York City said so. At least the Republican leaders, I don't care for this McConnell, but he's out of Kentucky. And Kevin McCarthy, who I like more and more, I must say. He's out of Central California. A much broader perspective. And Nancy Pelosi's never held a private sector job in her life. For all the talk about, oh, she's a professional woman. She relies on her income from her husband. Big slob who's in financial investment. Hedge fund. I never know what that means. What's that mean? It can mean a thousand. What, what does it mean? And Schumer has never had a private sector job his entire life. His entire life. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks, that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. During this time of change, we want you to know that one thing is certain. ZipRecruiter's focus hasn't changed at all. They're still doing what they've done from the beginning, helping people who need to find jobs, find jobs, and helping growing business find the right people to fill open roles. So if you're looking for a job right now, know that ZipRecruiter's working with you to find the right job fast. And ZipRecruiter's dedicated to helping you get hired. Whether you're looking for jobs in caretaking, to delivering food and goods, to building medical facilities, to supplying protective equipment, and so much more. In fact, ZipRecruiter's app will send you to uh, update job openings so you can be one of the first to apply. And if you're actively hiring, ZipRecruiter will invite candidates to apply to your most urgent roles, making it faster and easier to reach the people you need. This is the perfect time to use ZipRecruiter by connecting people who need jobs and companies that need people. ZipRecruiter is working with all of us so we can keep moving forward. So you can pay your, your mortgage and put food on the table. So let's work together. ZipRecruiter.com slash work together. ZipRecruiter.com slash work together. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash together. I mean, seriously. Think about what I just said and then step back and think about what's coming through your television every day and every night. Have we ever had a president in modern times who's worked harder than Donald Trump? Certainly not Obama. Certainly not Clinton. Have we ever had a president who's worked harder than Donald Trump? Forget about the media filter. Forget about the clips I play and others play. And forget about the names of the, of the Sunday hosts and everything. Just think for yourself. Let's think for ourselves. The answer is no. Have we ever had a president who's been more successful in coordinating and organizing with 50 governors? The answer is no. Have we ever had a president who's been more successful and effective in organizing with the private sector to fill the gaps in the states and with governors and so forth? The answer is no. Have we had a president who's ever taken such decisive action as cutting off all emigration and immigration, tourism, or whatever you want to call it, from red China as quickly as he did? Had the guts to do that? No. And then follow up with the European Union? No. And yet he's under constant unrelenting, vile, poisonous attack from websites, from reporters, from comedians. Like we're not even having this virus or a crisis. Like they haven't missed a step. I'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. 
This is where Hollywood liberals come for rehab. The Mark Levin Show is back at 877-381-3811. You know, the amazing thing is with Joe Biden, he's accused of rape. That's sexual assault, what he did. It's rape. And they can say what they want about Donald Trump. Donald Trump has lived a full life. There's no question about that. But he's never been accused of rape, has he? Bill Clinton's accused of rape. Ted Kennedy's accused of murder. Joe Biden's accused of rape. And the Democrats loved Clinton, and boy, they loved Teddy Kennedy, and they want their Biden in office, and they pretend to care about women's rights, and some of the moron women in the suburbs, not you who listen, of course, but the others. They think the Democrats stand for women's rights, because look, we have Pelosi as speaker. Look, Pelosi doesn't give a damn about women's rights. She's a power-hungry crackpot. If you're a homeowner who's been focused on your budget, focused on your future, focused on finding the right option to save money, well, I have a real thing for you, something for you to consider, a mortgage refinance with the best company out there. You see, mortgage refinancing allows you to take out a new, more favorable loan. You're simply replacing what you have with something better. It's a strategic approach that makes sense for a lot of people, especially when you consider this pandemic is only going to drag on a bit. So make today the day you call the good people at American Financing. Learn about your options. They don't give you the pressure and all the rest. They're not going to put you into a new mortgage unless it can financially benefit you. And they're not going to charge upfront fees either. It's really an experience that's focused on you. They want to tailor something for you if it makes sense. So call now. For your free mortgage review. You've got nothing to lose. And you may even be able to postpone two mortgage payments. And save a lot of money every month. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. This is how you make money. Just by changing what you're doing. Call 888-900-1828. They're there right now. That's 888-900-1828. 888-900-1828. Or you can go online at American Financing. Net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I decided I'm not playing this clip of Chuck Schumer because I can't stand this guy. I can't stand his voice. I told you before, hate is a strong word, but I hate him. Hate him. So not now. I'm not going to put up with it. Now look, ladies and gentlemen, we heard from Andrew Lack in a rather superficial Sloppy op-ed, self-serving of course. He's so proud of professional journalism today. He would be. He's a reprobate among reprobates. But I want you to hear this. He's he's so concerned about freedom of the press. Notice, by the way, in none of his op-ed does he talk about really concern about the American people. He says, oh, they're serving the American people, and the American people want to hear from journalists. Actually, we don't. We wish they'd shut their damn mouths, ask their questions, and get real answers and report the news. But here, ladies and gentlemen, here is a letter that was written to 
James Goldston, president of ABC News, Phil Griffin, president of MSLSD, another hack, Andrew Lack, chairman of NBC News, Susan Zarinsky, president of CBS News, and Jeff Motherzucker, chairman of Water, Warner Media News. You know, AT&T is so proud of Jeff Motherzucker that they promoted him. I just want you to know. And they wrote an open letter. And these are professors. And among them is Jay Rosen of New York University. You may be familiar with Jay Rosen of New York University because he has a rather important part in my book. Is one of the hardcore leftists, in my opinion, who has helped destroy a free press, helped to destroy a free press in this country. Let's read the letter, shall we? Halt live coverage of Trump's COVID-19 briefings. Open letter to news outlets from professors of communication, journalism, and media studies. Wow, very important, ladies and gentlemen. That Jay Rosen and Todd Gitlin at Columbia University and Susan Douglas at the University of Michigan and Barbie Zelizer at the University of Pennsylvania. Wow, they have a broad view of the world, don't they? Oh, yes. Susan Douglas, who the hell is she? Todd Gitlin, oh, Columbia must be a good one. Barbie Zelzer, no comment. And Jay Rosen, Jay, I know who you are. You POS, I know all about you. Public journalism, social activism journalism. That's you, Jay, the Jayster. Daily White House task force briefing, that's the subject. We write to demand, they demand that the live, unedited airing of the Daily White House Task Force briefing stop. Wow. Good little Stalinist types, in my humble opinion. Because Donald Trump uses them as a platform for misinformation and disinformation about COVID-19. They have become a serious public health hazard. A matter of life and death for viewers who cannot easily identify his falsehoods, lies, and exaggerations. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You can't easily do it because you're not professors. We ask that all cable channels, broadcast stations, and networks, with the exception of C-SPAN, stop airing these briefings live. Instead, they should first review the briefings and, after editing, present only that information that provides updates from health officials about the progress and ongoing mitigation of the disease. So you shouldn't hear from your president in a representative republic. Just Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks. Why? Why? Because you're getting misinformation. From your president. But Dr. Fauci and Burks, they have got all the models. I mean, forget the models. All the data. Wait a minute. Forget the data. Yes. Let's continue. Over the past few weeks, the president has become an intensifying font of misinformation and medically unsound, even lethal advice, making him the single most potent force for misinforming the American public about COVID-19. One, two, three little cabal of four professors. Couldn't you see these four like 1917 during the Russian Revolution? I could. I'm not making any inferences. I'm just saying. They've got the world, you know, they, they're going to control it, manipulate it. He has used briefings to repeatedly promote the use of hydroxychloroquine as treatment. And by the way, it works. Oh, we have a study. That study was no study. And we don't need ophthalmologists doing study about this. 
This is a drug that's been in existence for over half a century. Now all of a sudden, it's very dangerous, very dangerous. Why? Trump likes it, so it must be dangerous. Necessitating FDA warnings of its serious side effects and deaths were the drug used for this purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't even get the drug without a prescription from a doctor. Don't these professors of journalism, don't they know this? He has suggested that patients be injected with disinfectant to clean their lungs, prompting an outcry from medical professionals and compelling Lysol and Clorox to issue statements warning against any internal use of their products. president didn't promote drinking Clorox or anything of the sort. They issued those statements because of slip-and-fall left-wing lawyers. And by the way, Howard Stern, you're trashing the president of the United States won't make you relevant again. What an a-hole. What an absolute a-hole. Get back to lesbians. Get back to what you know. Says he's going to back Biden. And all the rest of you must be deranged. How can you not vote for Biden? Well, Biden talks like long ago he was drinking Clorox and Lysol. That's the problem, Howie. While a long and established history of journalists covering presidential pronouncements and White House briefings exists. In their current form under this president, these briefings have denigrated uh, into political rallies and forms for the president to denigrate his enemies. The president fights back. They don't like it. The reason you despise these journalists is because they deserve to be despised. It has nothing to do with your, your support for freedom of the press. You support freedom of the press. This isn't free press. These are hacks. These are Democrats. These are liberals, just like these professors. Journalists are not obligated to assist the president in amplifying his grievances or misinforming the American people about the spread of the virus and what is actually being done and needs to be done to combat. You know, the president of the United States following the science. He's been following the science. From Burks and Fauci. We ask that no speech, rally, or press conference involving the president be covered live anymore. The risk of passing along bad information. Do these people support a free press? Do they, ladies and gentlemen? How about Lyndon Johnson when he was talking about the Vietnam War? Should he have been censored by the press? Should he? How about Barack Obama when he was lying through his teeth about Obamacare? Should he have been censored by the press? How about Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer who lie every time they open their big fat mouths? Should they be censured by the pre- No, no, no. Trump is the problem. Only now do we have the courage to write a letter to ourselves. By asking themselves, is what he said something we should be amplifying? News organizations can offset the damage these briefings are producing. It's unbelievable. How arrogant and narcissistic these professors and their whole entire so-called profession are and have become. Whether news organizations continue to send journalists to these briefings rather than watching them on C-SPAN and then deciding what to report will no doubt vary by news outlet. But given that millions of lives are at stake, we demand that live coverage stop before more damage is done. Why don't they write a letter about Cuomo? Because he really does have blood on his hands. What happened in these nursing homes? And no, Josh Gothmeyer, phony moderate Democrat from North Jersey. No, no, no. He won't stand up to Cuomo and the nursing home issue and all. No, no, no. He won't do it. Old Josh voted for impeachment. Oh, that Josh. He's something else.
Anyway, this is your media, ladies and gentlemen. It's a one-way media. Those of you who've read on Freedom of the Press know exactly what I'm talking about. I'll be right back. Lovin. All right. You know what? There's a mattress out there that has broken through the roof, too. It's the finest mattress I can think of. I used to have another mattress. Named after a ghost, I think it was, Mr. Producer. This mattress is second to none. You know, technology has improved just about everything. Phones, cars, shopping. Yet mattresses have more or less been the same since the invention of sleep. We deserve a whole lot better. And finally... The mattress has evolved thanks to purple. The secret to purple, which was my mother's favorite color, by the way. The secret to purple is the purple grid. It's a patented comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style. And purple's for every body, no matter how you sleep. Purple's designed with over 2,800 open-air channels and naturally temperature-neutral gel. You'll never sleep too hot. You'll never sleep too whole. Just right. You can count on resting easy night after night, year after year, because the ultra-durable purple grid won't sink or lose its shape. Purple's so confident in what they do that every purple mattress comes with free shipping and returns. And risk-free, not 90 days, 100 nights. You can try it for 100 nights. Experience the next evolution, the next step up on sleep. Go to purple.com slash Levin and use promo code Levin. My daughter just got, and her husband of course, a magnificent premier king-size mattress from Purple. They love it. Go to purple.com slash Levin. Use promo code Levin. That's purple.com slash L-E-V-I-N. Use promo code L-E-V-I-N. And for a limited time, you'll get $150 off any Purple mattress order of $1,500 or more. That's purple.com slash Levin. Promo code Levin. Purple.com slash L-E-V-I-N. Promo code L-E-V-I-N. Get the $150 off. Terms apply, and you won't be sorry. You won't be sorry. This is a magnificent mattress. A magnificent mattress. Here we have a, a breaking story, ladies and gentlemen. So important from the Washington Compost, of course. And if you don't get it, well, then you don't get a hemorrhoid. Now, let me say this. Three weeks of Trump coronavirus briefings under a microscope. Two hours spent on attacks, 45 minutes on self-congratulation, and four and a half minutes of condolescence for victims. Now, this is really so bushlig, even for the Washington Compost. And more on the Washington Compost for Philip Bump and the other phonies over there at the Washington Compost. So they... They focus on Trump. They don't focus on the questions he was asked. 
What questions was he asked? Were they hostile questions? Were they focused on Trump? Were they attacks on Trump? And therefore he responded in kind? Were the, were the reporters talking about the, the condolences for the victims at all? In other words, you're at this press conference and, and the bulk of it is spent dealing with the media, trying to persuade the media, convince the media to actually report news so the American people can have actual information. But when the media attacks and attacks and attacks and attacks, why didn't the Washington Post put any context there? Two hours spent on attacks. No, two hours spent on defense. 45 minutes on self-congratulate. No, 45 minutes explaining what the administration and the tens of thousands of people who work for the federal government have been doing to help prop up Cuomo and the other losers. But you won't get that from the Washington Compost because they're out to destroy Trump the way they were out to destroy Bush 43, the way they were out to destroy Bush 41, the way they were out to destroy Reagan. And of course, their new hero is Mr. Blackface Klan's outfit, the governor of Virginia, who's a disgusting disgrace. And yet he held on because he moved hard left. And now the Washington Post editorial page loves him and the Washington Post news pages celebrate him. What kind of person looks at a photo and sees them in a sort of a Klansman outfit or sees blackface and says, I apologize, and then later says, well, I'm not sure that's me. You don't know if you're wearing a Klansman outfit or painted your face black? You don't know? You can't remember? But don't worry, uh, here in the great state of Virginia, all our constitutional offices are held by progressive Democrats. That's the governor. The lieutenant governor has been accused of rape by two credible professional women of color. And he's still there. Then we have the attorney general. He admits, yeah, yeah, I took pictures in blackface. Okay, he remembers. That's our three top officials in Virginia. And you know what? If they're up for election today, they get reelected. Because the Democrat Party has become like a religious cult. It's like a religious cult. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Well, well, well. Look at this. Washington Compost. I said I wanted to follow up. A number of people have pointed this out, but I want to go to our friends at Red State. Washington Compost runs a debunked conspiracy story for the sole purpose of trying to damage President Trump. Hear this, Howard Stern, or is this a little above your IQ level? Just saying. 
Maybe we can have lesbians dance across the stage with this, Mr. Producer. Oh. Yesterday, the Washington Compost proved, as if proof were even needed, that they are no longer a left-leaning, establishment-friendly newspaper, but they are a blatant propaganda outlet beholden to the Democrat Party that will shamelessly circulate obvious lies that have been debunked on several occasions if the thing the lies will harm President Trump. The story is President's intelligence briefing book repeatedly cited virus threat. Quote, U.S. intelligence agencies issued warnings about the novel coronavirus in more than a dozen classified briefings prepared for President Trump in January and February, months during which he continued to play down the threat, according to current and former U.S. officials. The repeated warnings were conveyed in issues of the president's daily brief, a sensitive report that is produced before dawn each day and designed to call the president's attention to the most significant global developments and security threats. For weeks, the PDB, as the report is known, traced the virus's spread across the globe, made clear that China was suppressing information about the contagion's transmissibility and lethal toll, and raised the prospect of dire political and economic consequences. Well, if this looks familiar, well, it should. Two weeks ago, the New York Slimes ran the same story. He could have seen what was coming behind Trump's failure on the virus. About the same time, ABC ran a thoroughly false story. Intelligence reported warned of coronavirus crisis as early as November, sources. This story was so rife with falsehoods that it generated an extraordinary rare denial by the agency that such a report ever existed. Director of DIA's National Center for Medical Intelligence issues rare, unrequested statement regarding COVID. Official statement from Colonel and Dr. R. Shane Day, Director of National Center for Medical Intelligence, Defense Intelligence Agency, quote, As a matter of practice, the National Center of Medical Intelligence does not comment publicly on specific intelligence matters. However, in the interest of transparency during this current public health crisis, we can confirm the media reporting about the existence and release of National Center for Medical Intelligence coronavirus-related product in November of 2019 is not correct. No such product exists. Well, that didn't stop the Washington Compost yesterday or today. A month ago, the same Washington Post reporters did the same basic story. U.S. intelligence reports from January and February warned about a likely pandemic. The Washington Post story does not cite a single source, nor does it provide a single document to back up its claim. That is not new ground for the lead reporter, Ellen Nakashima. She's made a career of writing stories based on sources who, if they even existed, turned out to be either pathological liars or deep staters, plying a credulous never-Trump reporter with information that's just too, too good to check. And they give numerous examples of this fantastic liar. It goes on and on and on. The Post tries to differentiate this particular version of a multiple, multiple debu- multiply debunked, uh, debunked lie by saying the frequency with which the coronavirus was mentioned in the PDB has not been previously reported. And U.S. officials said it reflected a level of attention comparable to periods when analysts have been tracking active terrorist threats. Overseas conflicts are other rapidly developing security interests. Again, no evidence, no examples of the warnings are produced. No count of the warnings given. 
just a bald assertion that this was some serious S being reported and Trump refused to act. The denial of the factual basis for the report by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence was relegated to this mush in paragraph 9. Richard Grinnell, ladies and gentlemen, he said and posted, quote, this isn't true, and we told you this before you wrote, and you put the DNI denial of your premise in paragraph 9. The only reason why the Post keeps recycling this dog is, quote, the warnings conveyed in the PDB probably will be a focus of any future investigation of the Trump administration handling of the pandemic. Adam Schiff, the chairman of the House Intel Committee in early April, called for the formation of an independent commission analogous to the one created to investigate 9-11. And by the way, Schumer today demanded an investigation too. While people are dying and sick, and I notice the left isn't attacking them. I didn't see them attacked on the Drudge Report, which is the new outlet for the left. There are several things to keep in mind here. First, the CIA probably has less capability in evaluating and reporting on a virus in China than Harvard University. And it goes on. But the fact is, these agencies have denied it. They keep denying it. We have a time frame covered by the Washington Compost story. Not only was the Trump administration not ignoring the potential threat, but it was in high gear. December 31, China reports the discovery of the coronavirus to the World Health Organization. January 3rd, CDC Director Redfield sent an email to the director of the Chinese CDC, formally offering to send U.S. experts to China to investigate the virus. January 5th, CDC Director Redfield sent another email to the Chinese CDC director formally offering to send U.S. experts to China to investigate the outbreak. January 6th, the CDC issued a travel notice for Wuhan, China due to the spreading coronavirus. January 7th, the CDC established a coronavirus incident management system to better share and respond to information about the virus. January 11th, the CDC issued a level one travel health notice for Wuhan, China. And it goes on and on. And, of course, the president, on January 27th, tweeted that he made an offer to Xi to send experts to China to investigate the outbreak. And it goes on and on and on, all the things the Trump administration did, day after day after day after day. And we, of course, link to this story when you go to the daily recap on the MarkLevinShow.com mothership website. On the Mothership website. So I'm spending a lot of attention uh, tonight focused on the media because the media is a destructive force in this country now. An absolutely destructive force. And while it does all this to the president, what does it do to Joe Biden? Covers up for him. We have a woman out here who's basically standing alone. She was in her 20s when Joe Biden raped her, sexually molested her. At least that's her claim. And she's got some contemporaneous witnesses. Not witnesses, contemporaneous witnesses to the fact that she mentioned it to them. So she contemporaneously mentioned it to another pe- a number of people. As well as after the fact. And she's now demanding the release from the University of Delaware Biden's papers. So the media can go in there and she can go in there and find uh, the record of her filing a complaint. But the University of Delaware won't release his papers 
They won't release his papers. And this apparently is perfectly fine with Hillary Clinton, who endorsed Biden today. She endorsed Biden. You know, it, it's, it's amazing. Where is Kirsten, Kirsten Gillibrand today? Kirsten Gillibrand, who was the self-appointed Me Too senator. What does she have to say about Joe Biden? Nothing. How about Kamala Harris? What does she have to say about Joe Biden? Nothing. She wants to be his, his running mate. What about that jerk Stacey Abrams out of Georgia? You ever see anybody that's so outrageous? Yes, actually we have. Anyway, she doesn't say anything about it. She wants to be his running mate. What about Elizabeth Warren, the great progressive? Not a word. What about the one from Hawaii? What's her name? I forget her name. Himahosa. Hirono. Hirono doesn't know her blank from her blank. Look, where, where's Hirono today? What does she have to say about Biden? Nothing. Nancy Pelosi, she just endorsed Biden. You see what a fraud this is? You see what a fraud this is? That, that fraud Weinstein, they took all his money. They knew this guy was a pervert, a sexual predator, a rapist, and all these other things. They knew it, but they wanted his money. But it reached a point where they had to turn on him, so they turned on him on a dime. All right, we'll get rid of him. Because we can't defend it anymore. So where's Kirsten Gillibrand today on Joe Button? Nowhere. Where are the reporters chasing down Kirsten? Nowhere. Because those reporters won't even ask Joe Biden a tough question. But Trump, what did he say? And he said, drink Lysol? Hey, hey, why are you He said, drink Lysol and shoot Clorox into your veins. I heard him say, yeah, he said it. And then there's Howard saying, what, what, lesbians? No, 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 oh, Oh, how how could anyone? And this guy, Piers Morgan, this is why you never embrace these leftists. Piers Morgan, he shows up on cable, big Trump support, now all of a sudden, hates Trump. Because in the end, they resort to form. In the end, they resort to form. They are what they are. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Notice all these liberal women are in the uh, witness protection program. 
Because they don't believe in women's rights, ladies and They believe in the rights of liberal women, Democrat women. They believe in leftism. They dress it up as women's rights. They do the same thing with climate change is used to advance an agenda. That's all. Look how the minorities in so many of these cities have suffered under de- liberal Democrats all these years. They're very good at propaganda on the left. They're very good at, at, uh, at, at demagoguery. They're not very good at managing, I notice, though, because their lies are impossibilities. They're impossibility. All right, let's take a few calls. I didn't take any calls yesterday. I haven't taken any calls today yet. Yellow, yellow, yellow. Let's go to Kathy McLean, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go. Go right ahead, Mark. Kathy. Oh, Mark, sorry. It, it took a moment for the, um, for the yeah, recording it's, to come through. It's kind of weird. Mark, um, I am a Virginia resident like you, and I will tell you, my heart breaks whenever I hear about the massive job losses during this COVID crisis. So I began to wonder, why don't I ever hear about state government employees losing their jobs? So I contacted Virginia Governor Ralph Northam's Secretary of Administration to ask about to ask about furloughs and job losses among Virginia state employees. Today, I was told in an email from her office that there haven't been any, except for hourly employees at agencies like museums or parks who can file for unemployment. But I had asked specifically if Governor Northam has asked agencies to identify non-essential employees who can be furloughed or let go during the statewide quarantine. And the person told me she was not aware of anything like this being requested. Oh, so there are no non-essential state employees other than hourly workers at the lowest rung of the ladder. Yes. Wow, that's 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 Governor Northam for you looking out for the little guy. So your point is these politicians and the vast majority of bureaucrats, some towns are having to lay off people, but the vast majority of bureaucrats, they live in a bubble. And so they're perfectly fine. Yeah, well, they'll, they'll, they'll continue to get theirs. And, and when they don't, the federal government. I mean, isn't that what we're really talking about? The federal government paying the salaries of the bureaucrats and politicians in the states. And then they'll figure out what else they need to pay. It's feather bedding. It's nonstop. It's not just because of the coronavirus. These states were on thin ice financially well, long before the, Verona, the, the coronavirus. Illinois, California, massive debt, California, New Jersey, New York. I mean, these, these states were in deep financial trouble. Now it's, we need money, we need money, and there he is, big dummy McConnell. As long as the, uh, the corporations had a load of my, my campaign with all kinds of money out there, as long as they're, uh, they're protected from liability. How about our children and grandchildren? You know what? You know what, Kathy? I have concluded that the vast majority of men and women who have children who are left-wing Democrats really don't give a damn about their children because their children, like your children and my children, are all going to have to deal with this. Right, right. What good parents they are, though, you know? They are magnificent. All right, Kathy, thank you for your call. Craig, Chicago, Illinois, XM Satellite, how are you? Craig, you're on. Go. Yes, it's an honor to speak with you tonight, sir. Well, thank you, sir. Um, my question is, 
when the coronavirus broke out, we've seen pictures coming out of China, Italy, and I think Japan of people walking around in their cities spraying disinfectant on all public services surfaces trying to get rid of the virus or help curtail it. Why haven't we seen Well, I, I don't actually think that would do a hell of a lot. Uh, it gets lost pretty quickly uh, in the air and in the environment. And I don't know that China and Italy are the greatest examples since the death rate in both those countries, I would argue, have been the highest in the world. So I'm, I'm not sure that would do the trick. Would do the trick is what the data tells us. Protect the elderly, protect those with comorbidities, and you'll protect 95% of the people who will be seriously adversely affected from this virus. We now have the data. They still won't do that in New York because Knucklehead was pushing uh, coronavirus patients. You know, until the news media is going to report this honestly, rather than bringing Democrats on and having them defend Cuomo or not even mention Cuomo or trash all the nursing homes like the nursing homes failed us and so forth, until they really force these governors to, to, to eat the dollars that, you know, the buck stops here, we don't hear that from these guys anymore. But even Newsom eventually pulled back, as, as uh, Joel Pollack wrote at uh, Breitbart. But Cuomo's tripled down on it, quadrupled down on it. It's really outrageous. These nursing homes are not medical facilities in that sense. They can't handle ICU cases. When they have a, a, a patient that, that is really in serious shape, something happens, they send them to the ICU. And besides... How, what are they supposed to do? How are they going to keep these people one apart from the other? I heard this guy, uh, uh, Gothamer, or whatever his name is, in northern uh, New Jersey, who's a really moderate Democrat. You know, he voted against, uh, he voted for impeachment. He's, uh, he's part of the We Can't Get Things Done Coalition. And he says, we really need to look into these nursing homes, you know, so that poor nursing homes that were absolutely opposed to these policies, that begged somebody to listen, that couldn't get a hold of Cuomo, couldn't get a hold of Murphy, begging them not to do what they did, now they're going to be the fall guys. Thank you for your call, sir. I see them spraying the streets, too. They might as well be spraying the clouds. It's not going to do a hell of a lot. We know where the resources need to be focused. We know how to mitigate in our own lives. Let our people go. As Moses said, let my people go. And go we shall. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S.
When Mark Levin was a kid, his teachers didn't like his snide sense of humor. Today, they still don't like it. Call Mark Levin now at 877-381-3811. Bastards. No, 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 no. I don't mean that, of course. Let's go to Brian Alexandria, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go. Is this uh, Mark? Yes. Go right ahead, sir. All right. I didn't know that there was any. There was no introduction. Anyway, um, so I have a, a whole bunch of citations. That, that stop one to... second. We have a screwy system here because of the uh, situation which we have to set up a little differently. And so what happens is for the audience, when a caller comes on, there's a slight delay. So they're not sure if I'm calling them up or not, which is why I use their name twice. Anyway, Brian, go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, like I said, I have a whole bunch of citations, the gist of which is that... Uh, well, that'll we, make for great radio. What's your point? Uh, we have the right to defy unconstitutional laws, period. And, um, uh, like I said, I've got a bunch of citations. Uh, well, you've got to be a little careful of that, because, um, you know, a liberal can say that, too, and they could be misconstruing what the Constitution says. That's possible, but um, the, the point that I wanted to get towards is um, that what I want to see it is uh, at, at these various demonstrations, especially for our Governor Blackface there, would be to see scientists say, Oathbreakers out. Oathbreaking is a felony. Oathbreakers, um, you know, basically... Thank um, you for your call. I have no idea where this is going. No idea. Oathbreakers is... I, I, if he wants to paint signs and go to a protest, go for it. No offense. Let's continue. Let's go to Katrina in Ithaca, New York, the great WHCU. Go. Hello, Katrina. Hi, Mark. Yes, ma'am. Go right ahead. So I've heard you reference uh, the McDonald's drive-thru and the fast food. I I mentioned more than that. I mentioned a lot of businesses where they ought to go take a look and see how it works. Yes, sir. Uh, but McDonald's drive-thru being one of them. So Yes, I uh, agree. Uh, everyone that I work with is well. Oh, what? You're at McDonald's? You work at McDonald's? Yes, sir. And well, t- pre- tell us about it. Yeah, pretty much full-time hours. And incidentally, I'm 53 years old. And God bless how you. I'm still functioning, hey, grace of God and good genes. Uh, but I wanted to... But wanted- tell us what goes on there so people know that... This, I mean, a McDonald's franchise is a business. There's a hell of a lot that goes on in there that people don't understand. The food preparation, the, the, uh, the freezers that you have to use, the inventory, the money situation, the way you cook, the wrapping. I mean, it's a real business. Yes, and I'm, I'm engaged in not all of those aspects, but I see them, see them going on. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. back of the house, front of the house, mm-hmm. all over the place. But my point is that... Um, you know, sadly, if you've never, you know, if you've seen the back of a restaurant, there's not a whole lot of room. So mm-hmm. the employees themselves do the best they can to distance. But let's face it, that's that's not really it's not really feasible. Uh, at, at well, I don't know. The 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 McDonald's I go to their first row. There's not a lot of employees there. The last one I went to, I counted five. Five. Well, and it's, we get- hold on now. I'm not saying yours is different. It's a franchise. And it's much slower. And people are understanding. They understand that there are people in there breaking their backs to try and serve you a hamburger. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. 
so I've seen seen the evolution of uh, going from half capacity to a quarter capacity in the restaurant to uh, you can walk in and order, but you can only you you have to have a mask and we have a tape on the floor. Well, that must be your state because in ours you can't walk in and order. Well, you're still able to walk in and order. You cannot serve yourself. Everything's to go. But it, it's it's really been something to, to stand by and, and watch and participate in. But people are good. Uh, most people are really nice, but uh, primarily people use the drive-thru. But, yes, we have masks. We have gloves. We have hand sanitizer. Our manager has a timer set. Everyone goes and washes hands, takes turns, washes hands. I mean, we're doing everything humanly possible, and uh, there's been... Well, I want to thank you, because it's really the hourly workers and the truck drivers and, uh, and the cops and the, the emergency personnel. In other words, the people that get dirt under their fingers and uh, do physical labor every day that's saving this country. And you're pointing that you're pointing that out very well every night when I listen to you. That I've been pointing this out for two months because it's true. Because I get off my ass and I get in my car and I go into these places and I see what's going on. I see who's doing what. And guess what? The professors aren't doing crap. Have you notice that? I, I know. Guess I know. what? The media is not doing crap. Look, I'm not doing crap either. I'm just trying to help people understand. Where we need to take the country as far as I'm concerned. What I observe, try and communicate to as many millions of people as I can to try and counter the people who want to close this country down and then talk about, isn't this fabulous? Look at, look at how little pollution we have when people are losing everything. Yeah, thank you for your voice, Mark. I really and thank you, it. Katrina. And God bless you and keep up the good work. And it is good work. And I always thank everybody, and we should all do this, my family does it too. We thank everybody who's out there working. We do. You see, the Democrats want to thank everybody who's on welfare and food stamps. Thank them for what? That's their priority. It's not my priority. I'm being quite serious about this. And the more people that can rely on government, the Democrats figure, the better they're going to do. And it's true, unfortunately. Jeff, Madison, Connecticut, on the Mark Levin app. Jeff, go right ahead, please. Good evening, Dr. Levin. Uh, yes, nice sir. To talk to you again. Uh, I you. wanted to, uh, first of all, thank all of our first responders, ambulance people and EMS people, and uh, because they're having a really rough time out there. Not a lot of people Amen. are handling very well. I mean, it's very long hours and so forth, and uh, I want to extend uh, thanks to everybody. You're quite right. Um, uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on, staying in the same lane, is um, this whole thing with Cuomo and the, and, the, and the nursing homes. This, I mean, you could say maybe that he panicked, but he has health professionals behind him. He's got a health department. He's got people to tell him that this was not a wise move. This was not an accident. How, so, so tell me, why won't Schumer, who's the senator from New York, call for an investigation of Cuomo? I mean, these are rhetorical questions. Wants an investigation to Trump. What an idiot. I can't well, st- other- I told you I hate the guy. Hate him. Well, the- oh, he's a snake. The other thing is this. I mean, the audacity hate him. of the governor of New York to turn around and blame and try and blame it on the nursing home. I'm Dr. telling you, I saw it coming when you have ProPublica, a.k.a. ProPubica, which is a left-wing front organization that pretends to do journalism. 
when you have them immediately jumping into the void to attack the nursing homes. You know they're being fed. You know where this is coming from. Cuomo unleashes uh, law enforcement. He unleashes investigative authorities to go after these nursing homes. These poor nursing home doctors and administrators who were trying to get through to Cuomo and couldn't. Begging. They called my show. The, uh, the, the, the lady called my show. Haley, I believe her name was, Dr. Haley. She calls my show and says, Mark, what's going on here is, is absolutely... And, well, they didn't have enough PPP. And they didn't have the... This is the idiot uh, Goshmeyer, whatever he calls himself, in uh, northern New Jersey, Democrat. I'm a moderate, I'm a get-things-done kind of guy. And he's there. we got to investigate these nursing homes. And unfortunately, these news hosts and, uh, and news reporters, this is where they're going to go. They're going to go after these damn nursing homes when they should be going after the damn politicians who ordered these people into the nursing homes. Well, I mean, it was only pre- precluded by the uh, by the comment last week when Cuomo decided he was going to tell everyone to just go get a job, uh, an essential job. Oh, yes, of course. Doing and go get an essential job. Like oh. him, you know, just be like the governor and the people around the governor. Well, they're not having a problem. And he says to the reporter, you're essential. And even she says, I'm not talking about that. You're telling people to go get. Exactly. Exactly. He's a buffoon. Let's not forget about Big Bird in uh, New York City either. Walking through. How the can park you forget about him? Eleven miles from his house on Sunday or Saturday. Of course, doesn't was, matter. Uh, That's what these Leninists do. They do whatever they want. Exactly right. It's you know, what's good for me is good for me, and not good for you. Yeah, but the problem is, people vote me a Democrat. Democrat. Where's the Democrat lever? Oh, now you can mail in your vote. Yeah, the mail in. Uh, I'm going to get a whole book of stamps. I'll mail one vote after another after another. And if you challenge them, oh, you must be racist. No, no, no. We, why are you? We need an ID. No, no, no. No IDs. Now the funny thing is, the Democrats are all for IDs and surveillance and records backgrounds and you know we got to know everything about you your health and your wealth and this and that then when it comes to voting hey we don't need an id what's your problem here wait what's the you must be a racist you're suppressing the vote you like everybody can't get an id no some people can't afford them what do you mean they can't afford them every state will give them out for free if you can't afford them Anyway, well, the bottom line is, Mark, we all know what the what the long game is. The long game is, is they'd like to do away with elections altogether. You know it. I know it. And they know. they want to turn us into California, where after the election, they turn six or seven congressional seats. It, it's, it's no, no. In California, in Orange County and Irvine, those whole areas, they turn those seats upside down. All right. Thanks for your call, my friend. Let's continue, shall we? Amanda. Winston, North Carolina, on the Mark Levin app. Go right ahead, Amanda. Hi. Oh, my gosh. It's such an honor. Um, Thank you. Mr. Levin, I work in a pharmacy, and I have found that people are actually getting diagnosed as having COVID-19 without getting tested. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not being administered the test, and these people are still able to, you know, use this to claim time off from work and things like that. Obviously, mm-hmm. I can't go into too much specifics because of mm-hmm. HIPAA laws, but I, that just baffled me when I realized that was happening. Look, we have that. We have universities telling students, make sure you file your taxes independently. Don't be dependent on your parents so you can each get $1,200. We've got people now who say, why should I work? I get 600 bucks more a week if I don't work. Thank you, Congress, and the stimulus. We don't even slow down to look at what we've done when we're on to the next trillion. 
And I, by the way, I want to thank everybody who works at pharmacies because you're all working full time. You're there pressing out the, the, uh, the prescriptions and so forth, Amanda. But I know it's got to turn your stomach seeing some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I do have my papers, just so you know. But I've got mine, too. <laughs> papers. I, I just wanted to say, um, just like Esther, I think you were put here for a time like this. Oh, so, aren't you a sweetheart? Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, God bless you, Amanda. Thank you. My wife seems to think that, too, that I was put here at a time like this so we could meet. All right. Tim, Morgantown, West Virginia, on the XM satellite. Go right ahead. You're on, Tim. Oh, oh hey. Yes, sir. Hi, um, hey, Mark. How you doing? All right. Hey, listen, um, I just want to talk about uh, uh, Josh Gottheimer. The guy's a carpetbagger. All right, he comes, he's a Clinton speechwriter. He comes up from D.C., steals a, a congressional seat from Scott Garrett. Um, I'm in Morgantown, West Virginia right now. I'm going to be delivering some medical equipment to a hospital tomorrow. But I live in New Jersey. I literally live like a half a mile from Scott. I know him. He's a great guy. I know him, too. He absolutely is terrific. And this guy, Godheimer, boy, he's a great propagandist. He's got people wrapped around his fingers, I'll tell you. There's no doubt about that. I mean, the Star Ledger, the New York Times, I mean, they did a hit job on Scott. Yep. One of the most decent kindness men you'll ever meet. Exactly right. Exactly right. Hey, so, (laughs) you know, I just want to say that, you know, you're 100% correct. And, you know, thank you for all the kudos for all the people that are out there right now. And Well, know, thank you. You're bringing equipment to a hospital. You're, you're an essential employee. Not really, but I, you know, hey, listen, it's shh, what shh, I do for a No, 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 anyway. you, you, you got to agree with me. Otherwise, you'll be yanked off the streets. <laughs> okay, Mark, I agree with you 100%. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> all right, man, God bless you. Be safe out there. And by the way, Morgantown, West Virginia, some of our closest friends live near Morgantown, West Virginia. I'm going to give them a shout-out. May I? Teddy and Linda and Gloria. These are wonderful people. Wonderful people. I'll be right back. Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. I'm going to give you another example why they hate Trump. You know what Trump said? He said, well, maybe if we give aid to the states, it'll depend on their sanctuary city policies. (laughs) That is genius. 
Now, I don't want him to have any aid, but what he's saying is, look, if I can't overcome this, uh, let's address this sanctuary city problem in their cities and in their states. And if you think about it, Mark, you're being xenophobic. No, I'm not. I don't even know what the hell it is. So I can't be what I don't know. But in any way, I guess technically you could be, but I'm not. Here's the thing. Most of these cities and states that are in trouble are sanctuary cities and states. Ooh. Anyway, so the president is saying, well, you know, maybe I'll have to uh, aid to states will depend on their sanctuary city policies. And this is why they hate him. Because he goes right for the throat, right for their leftist policies. You know, roses are red, social distancing makes us blue. Can't be with mom this Mother's Day, don't worry, we've got you. Maybe you can't give mom a hug, but you can send flowers from the Books Company. That's right, Books, you know, the short for bouquets. Books are responsibly sourced, listen to me, this is good. Books are responsibly sourced from some of the world's finest uh, uh, flower farms. Even farms on the sides of volcanoes. Some flowers stay fresher, longer. Did you know flowers and plants have been proven to reduce stress and boost productivity? Now that we're spending more time at home, how about a little self-love to brighten your day and your space? Big savings mean you can send farm-fresh flowers, plants, and gift bundles to all the moms in your life. Your mom, a soon-to-be mom, your wife, your grandma, a dog mom, or treat yourself. Send smiles no matter the miles. Oh, yeah. With books.com slash Levin. Now, let me spell this out for you. B-O-U-Q-S, like bouquet. B-O-U-Q-S dot com slash L-E-V-I-N. Now, you know that by now. And enter code Levin. So you got to twice this Levin stuff. It's B-O-U-Q-S dot com slash Levin and enter Levin, L-E-V-I-N. And you know what happens? You get 25% off your entire order. Again, that's code Levin for 25% off at Books, like bouquets, okay? B-O-U-Q-S dot com slash Levin. Code Levin. B-O-U-Q-S dot com slash Levin. Code Levin. All right, cut 11. Quickly, go. And we have seen a, a failure of leadership that has resulted in great damage to our country. And the pandemic is not over. It's going to go on for a little while. So I cannot stress enough to folks. Look, I'm here in D.C. I see this stuff right up close. Who occupies that seat in the White House really matters. This election in November... All right, that's enough of Kamala Harris. She's going to say this election depends on whether we live or die. Why don't you go stick it? May I say that respectfully? Ladies and gentlemen... Thank you, all you heroes out there. I'm short of time. You know who you are. God bless you all. And I'll see you right here tomorrow. Be well. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. 